Thanks for listening to the High Street Young Adults Podcast. For more information and how to get connected, check out highstreet.org slash youngadults. All right, what's up, young adults? How you doing? Good. Y'all survived the weather on the way here. I see that. Y'all, some of y'all are just like it's tornado. If I'm going to die anywhere, I'm going to die here in a church. It's the best place to be. It really is. Hey, I was here all day, so I didn't really have a choice. I was going to be like, I'm going home. Jared's like, nah, man, we're still on. You need to stay. And I'm like, okay, I ain't going nowhere. So, but anyway, super happy to be with you guys here tonight. As Jared said, I am the high school uh, pastor here, which ultimately all that means is that I have the best job in the world in that I get to be immature and get away with it, okay? That's just the way, that's all that means. Um, Love it. But hey, let's just dive right on in tonight. I wanna help you guys understand a topic that I feel like during this time in your life may be heavy on your heart. And we'll get to that here in a minute, but I got a question for y'all. How many of you guys have ever gotten lost on a road trip? Let me see your hands. How many of y'all gotten lost? I think just about everybody here has been lost on a road trip. Um, I need to be honest though, um, you don't wanna travel with me at all because I feel like every time I go on a road trip, I always get lost in the ghetto. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about me that screams, hey, go to a dangerous part of town. I don't know, but I always end up there. And there was one point um, back in college, I want to say it was my junior year, um, my roommate Josh and I, we decided, hey, we're going to go back to his hometown in Tennessee, just right out of Nashville. And I'm like, I love Tennessee. Nice city, great place. Um, But we end up going through this one city, It wasn't his intention to go through this city. I'm the one that made the wrong turn. Um, But I figured, you know what? If I just stay close enough to his bumper for this trip, I'm gonna get to where I need to go. And so I stay on his bumper. I follow him as far as I possibly could. And we get near the Illinois state line and I lose him. And I'm like, oh, buddy, what do I do? So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna follow the road signs. I'm just gonna go with whatever the road signs tell me to do. So I started doing that and I ended up in this place called Cairo. How many of you guys have ever heard of Cairo? And I'm not talking about Egypt either. Like, I honestly wish I was in Egypt. I could have been wearing a ski suit in Egypt, and that would have been 10 times more comfortable for me. But I ended up in Cairo, Illinois. If you have never been to Cairo, let me explain it. Um, It's a ghost town. Um, The best way to really describe it, how many game people do I have? How many gamers do I got in here? Anybody know Fallout? That's, that's the best way to describe this place. It looked like a natural disaster hit this place and nobody moved back in except the weird people, all right? So like, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm looking around thinking, okay, I need to figure out how to get out of this place. So I give my friend Josh a call and I said, dude, um, I think I took a wrong turn. He's like, where are you at? I'm like, um, Cairo, Illinois. He says, oh no. And I'm like, oh, thanks for making that a lot more comforting for me. He's like, um, you need to get out of Cairo. And I'm like, oh, thanks for letting me know that. So I'm like looking around and I'm like, how do I do that? And meanwhile, while I'm on the phone with him, I see these people that are just kind of like standing there looking at me. You know, like they're a little crazy, not like the type like, hey, let me give you a hug. Like I'm about to shank you and steal your, steal your cash and everything you got. And I'm just like, I need to get out of here. So he hurries up, he comes, he finds me, we get out of this town. But let me tell you something, I was terrified. I was so terrified and I was like, I had no idea where I was, I was so lost. And that can be one of the most terrifying feelings ever. Some of y'all are just like, why didn't you have a GPS? I know it all, guys. You know, guys, who's with me? Can you, we don't need GPSs, do we? 
We know where we're going at all times. No, I'm kidding. I really wish I did have a GPS on me that day. And that would have made that trip so much better if I had that GPS. You know what else I wish we had a GPS for? Life. Can y'all agree with that? Y'all just wish, you know what, I could use some direction. I could use the exact pinpoint destination to be. I could use a GPS for life. Can we all agree on that? Like we wish that we could have something tell us, hey, don't talk to that person, they are crazy. Hey, you need to move to this city. Don't move to that one. You're weird. You don't need to belong there. Um, You need to go to this church. You need to go marry this person because the one you're talking to right now is really crazy. Or maybe you're the crazy one and you need to get away from her or him. Um, Don't you wish we had a GPS like that that told us what we were supposed to be doing? Don't you? Unfortunately, there's not. And we don't really have much to work with. But one thing I do love about life is that we have one feature that a GPS has. And that's the idea that it can recalculate your trip. Maybe you're here and maybe you're in a season of life to where you feel like you have gone so far in the wrong direction that you don't feel like you can get back on track. Can I tell you that there is not a reset button, but a recalculating button. One to where you can make a U-turn at any moment and you can get back to where you need to be. Don't feel lost. If you are here and you are struggling in a part of life, don't call it quits yet. Don't call it quits. Tonight I wanna talk to you guys about what's next. All right, maybe in this season of your life, and and this is why I want to speak on this tonight, April and May seem to be some of the hardest times in life, don't they? I can think back to when I was a senior in high school and I was just about to graduate. I had so many people asking me, what are you going to do now? I'm like, I don't know. I got my diploma. I might live in mom's basement for a while. I don't know. I had no idea. I had no idea what's next, and I hated it when people asked me. My very first semester after college, you know, I got a little bit under my, way, uh, under my belt. I had some experience in college, but I didn't know if that's what I was supposed to be doing. You know, my first year I had my major set, and I'm like, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. But things didn't work out the way that I had thought, and people kept asking me, what, what's next? Are you going to keep doing it? I'm like, I don't know. And then when I graduated college, it was the worst feeling in the world. Because when you fresh graduate college, everybody asks that question. What's next for you? What's next in life? Anybody else feel that right now? You're, you're just on that edge of life going, what's next? You know, all you know is you're supposed to get out. You're supposed to get this big boy job, but it seems like nobody's hiring. It seems like, you know, the major I chose, maybe it's not the right one. I don't know. Maybe you're here and you're thinking that. Maybe you're here and you're past your first semester of college just like I, am, just like I was. And you're just like, I, I don't know if this major was for me. And if that's the case, I've, I've gone into so much debt already. What am I supposed to do? Add another year? What, and even if I do switch, what major am I supposed to choose? What, what's next for me? Maybe you're just about to graduate college and people keep asking you that question. So what's next? And you're just like, dude, I have no idea. And honestly, it scares me to death. Maybe you're in the room and you feel that way or maybe you're past all the college stuff. Maybe you've already graduated. Maybe you have stepped into a new stage of life. Maybe you've gone so far and now you're feeling like, I thought I had my life planned out. I thought I had a vision set. I thought I had some goals set, but my life kind of sucks right now and I, and I don't want to be here. I don't know what's next for me, but I definitely don't want it to be where I'm at right now. I think all of us can fill into one of those categories. 
And I want to talk about tonight, what's next? Do you guys have dreams of your future? Do you guys have a vision of what you want to do, of what you want to accomplish? Do you guys have that stuff? Do you guys have goals set in mind? Maybe you don't have those goals set in mind. This message is for you too. Listen, I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. But I don't need to because I know somebody that does know you better than you do. And his name's Jesus, and I'd love to show you him today. But before we get started, I'd love to pray for us, all right? Can I go ahead and pray for us? Dear Holy Father, Lord, we just thank you so much just for you and your word and the fact that you sent your son to die on a cross for us so that we could have relationship with you in an eternity in home in heaven with you. I just pray, Lord, that for the next 20 minutes or so that we would have open hearts, that we would have open ears to hear what your word has to say, but God, I just pray that you would use me just as a vessel. Don't let me be the main focus, but Lord, I just pray your words would penetrate hearts. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Here's, here's the deal. There are three things that you need to know. Three things that you need to know if you want to help figure out what's next for your life. And here's the first one. We'll just dive right on into it. If you want to know what's next, then you need to know God. If you want to know what's next, you need to know God. And I put this first because here's the deal. Anything else that we talk about tonight, if this isn't the first thing that you focus on, nothing else is going to matter. Nothing else will matter because you need to know God. If you want to know what's next in your life, you need to know God. And here's why. Don't tune out on me. Here's why you need to know God. God, the same one that created this world, that created this universe, that created how everything in life is supposed to be orchestrated, is the same one that created you. The same God that you can look out anywhere. If you've ever been to a beach, if you have ever been to the mountains, and you can look at it and be like, only a, only a divine creator could have made that. He made you. And just as he has made everything else, he made you for a purpose. You see, there was a prophet in the Old Testament times. His name was Jeremiah. And before he was called to be a prophet, God had told him something to give him a little bit of comfort. In Jeremiah 1, verse 5, here's what it says. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Instead of maybe a prophet to the nations, what is God saying to you? Because I feel like God is telling you and me this exact same thing. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I have set you apart for fill in the blank. What is it? What's next? What, what is it that God has created you for? What does God have destined for you? Here's the deal. Why it is so important to know God is because only God can fill in that blank. Only God can fill in the blank of what am I here for? Only he can fill in the blank. And knowing God is crucial for knowing what's next and that's why. But here's the deal. You notice I'm saying knowing God. To be specific, I'm not saying knowing about God. Knowing God and knowing about God are two totally different things. Because you can know a lot of facts about God. You can know whatever the Bible says. You could have half the Bible memorized, but not truly know who God is. Did you know that? You could probably pass a test about God, 
but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have an identity with him. You may pass a test about God, but that does not necessarily mean that you have an identity with him. Simply knowing God isn't enough. Only knowing facts about God and what he has done is not enough. It has to become personal to you. You see, the head knowledge that you have about who God is has to drop to your heart. The head knowledge that you have has to become relational. John 3.16 says this. This is probably the most famous verse in all of Scripture. Some of you probably have it memorized. If you've watched any sports games, you've seen this plastered all over billboards. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Here's the deal. You can know that but not have a relationship with God. You see, Jesus did not come and sacrifice himself for us to just simply know what he did. He didn't do that. He came and sacrificed himself so that the truth would become relational, so that it would penetrate our hearts, that it would change everything about us, that we could put our faith and trust in something greater than ourselves. Knowing God is founded on the truth and understanding that he loves you and that he created you. Out of that love that he has for you, he also has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So if you feel like you've gotten off track a little bit, if you feel like you've drifted away from what God has destined for you, know that you can get back on track. If you follow and chase after him, he can make your path straight again. So let me ask you this question. Do you know God? You know, maybe what's next for you isn't so much of trying to figure out what job you wanna have. Maybe what's next for you isn't figuring out what college you want to switch to. Maybe it's not necessarily changing a major or you know, maybe buying a house, starting a family. Maybe that's not what's next for you because God wants you to know him first. Maybe you're here and you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you're here and you've never entered into a relationship with him. And maybe you're wondering, okay, I want to do that. How do I do that? How do I truly know God? Romans 10, 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. And if you're here tonight and that's where you're at in life and you feel, you know what, I want that relationship with Jesus. That's what's next for me. When we close out this service, there's gonna be counselors up here that are willing to talk to you. There are leaders here that want to help you understand what it means to start a relationship with Jesus. So you really, you need to know God. If you want to know what's next, you need to know God. Secondly, if you want to know what's next, then you need to find community. If you want to know what's next, you need to find community. Many of you, as I have before, believe this. You know, I can be a person of faith, but I don't necessarily need community. I can believe in Jesus, but I don't necessarily need to be a part of a church. Maybe you've thought that, or maybe you're thinking that right now, and here's the thing, I've been there. 
I've done that. Believe it or not, I went to a Bible college for five years. Don't judge me. But for five years, I went to a Bible college, right? For half of that, no joke, for half that, I'm in Bible college, mind you. I felt I can do this without a church family. And can I tell you, those were some of the loneliest years of my life. I knew who Christ was. I had a relationship with him. But let me tell you something, when I was not rooted in community, it broke me. It really did, it broke me. So that idea of I can be a person of faith without needing community, here's the thing. You may be right. You can believe in Jesus. Your eternity may be secure. And you don't necessarily need community for that. But guess what? I have a question for you. For how long? How long can you go through this life? How long can you endure the trials and the struggles that this world brings without breaking? Again, let me tell you, those first few years in college for me were some of the most painful, some of the most lonely, because I didn't think I needed community. And that's a warning that I want to give you. You know, you may be here tonight and you may be saying, bruh, you don't understand. People are crazy. You're right, people are crazy, but guess what? So are you. We all have our problems, we all have our issues, you know? We all have things that we have to deal with and that's why community is so important because we need each other. I need you just as much as you need me. Or maybe not me, but you know, somebody else. I'm crazy, you definitely don't need me. But you need community, you need people, you need friends, you need a church family that can come around you and help you through this life. Because if you don't, this life will crush you, I promise you that. You know, thinking that you can go off on your own comes from an attitude of pride. It really does. And thinking that you have it all together and that you don't need anybody, don't let pride be your downfall. Don't have the idea that you can do this on your own. Peter, one of Jesus' original 12 disciples, said this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all of your cares on him because he cares about you. Highlight this next verse because this is important. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone that he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. You see, this passage warns us that we have an adversary. We have an enemy that is looking to take you out. That's just the facts. There is an enemy called the devil that is looking to crush you. He doesn't like you. He doesn't care about you. As a matter of fact, he wants you to fall. He wants to drag you down. And that is why community is so important because you need people that are gonna be watching your back at all times spiritually. You need people that are gonna sit with you in your roughest parts of life. Because let me tell you something, if you think that secluding yourself away from people, away from the church, and away from any type of community, if you think that is going to help you, can I, can I tell you it's not? Can the Bible tell you the same thing? It's not. 
Again, you have an enemy that is looking to devour you. In this verse, it describes him as a lion. Does anybody want to be alone with a lion in an African safari with nothing around them? None of us want that to happen. Why? Because a lion doesn't just toy with you. A lion doesn't play with its food. A lion devours it. And that is what the enemy, the devil, is trying to do to you. And let me tell you, his main method of attack is lying to you. It's lying to you and getting you to believe half lies, full lies. Any type of lie that he can force upon you, he's going to do it. The first sin that brought down all of mankind was a lie. And I guarantee you, if that's how he did it in the beginning, that's still how he's doing it today. And one of the main lies that he will tell us is that we don't need community, is that we don't need each other. Whether you are introverted or extroverted, it doesn't matter. Listen, I'm a little bit more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. Not by much, but a little bit. I like my times alone. But can I tell you, if, I, if that's all I did was stay alone, I would be eaten alive by the devil. He would feast upon me. And let me tell you something. If you do the same thing and you believe the lie that being alone is okay, you're gonna be brought down. The worries, the struggles, the fears that this world will bring will crush you if you do not find community. You need to find community. Hebrews 10 verses 24 through 25 says this, and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, good community looks out for each other. Good community encourages each other. And that's what God wants you to be a part of. Is there something in your life that maybe you're dealing with? Maybe a sin that you're struggling with? Something that deep down you know is not right and you're trying to break free from it? but you don't feel like you can do it. You feel too weak. You've been trying and trying and trying, but there's just something that just keeps holding on to you. Is there something like that in your life? James 5, 16 says this, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed so that you may be healed. Is there a stronghold in your life? Is there a sin that's overcome you? Can I tell you something? You need community to stand up with you and pray for you and encourage you and build you up in what God says, in what his word says. You need this type of community. Now, I'm happy that all of you are here. I'm telling you that right now. You brave the storms to get here tonight. I'm super happy that you guys are here. And I'm thrilled to see most of you here on Sundays. I recognize pretty much all of your faces. I am so thrilled that you guys are here. But don't let that be the only times that you're here. Sunday and Tuesday night are not enough. Get involved with community. And there are several ways that you can get involved, especially here at High Street. You know, on Sunday nights at Young Adults, we have community nights. Get involved meet some people, build some relationships. Maybe you need a DNA group. Maybe you need some people to hold you accountable. Maybe the things that you're struggling with, you need to set some barriers. You need some people that are gonna be watching your back 
because you can't see all the way around you. You need some people that are going to encourage you, that are going to help you. Maybe you're already involved in these things. Maybe what's next for you is to get more involved with serving. You know, if by chance any of you are here and have ever wanted to invest in the next generation, I know a guy that could help you out with that. You know, as the high school director, we are always, I am always looking for people to help invest in the next generation. We have a great group of next generation world changers. And let me tell you something, I definitely always need more. Always. So if you're interested in that by chance, hey, shameless plug, I'm here. Come talk to me afterwards. But there's several other areas. Maybe youth's not your thing. Maybe greeting's your thing. Maybe you love seeing people as they walk in. Maybe you're good at introducing people to a church for the first time. Maybe you need something to get involved with. There are several different areas, but can I challenge you? Get involved somehow. Get involved in community. Get involved with the DNA group. Get involved with serving. Because here's the deal. God's desire for you is that your life isn't just lived in a row, but in community with other people. And you know, maybe you're not here right now, but you're gonna watch this later on Facebook or YouTube. And can I just say, I am so happy for you searching. I'm so happy for you looking for what's next for you. But can I tell you something? As I said earlier, there is an enemy looking to devour. And he wants to tell you the lie that you are okay in seclusion. Don't let all the resources, even though there are plenty and there are a lot that can help you grow. But if you do not have community, the life, the struggles of life are going to bring you down. So let me encourage you, be here. Find community. So first you need to know God. You have to know God. If you wanna know what's next in your life, you have to know God because he's the one that designed you. He is the one that knows your purpose. Secondly, you need to find community. You have to because you need some people that are gonna care about you enough to tell you when you need to grow. Third, if you want to know what's next, then you need to discover purpose. You need to discover your purpose. Let me ask you another question. What motivates you to get out of bed in the morning? What motivates you to get out of bed in the morning? What keeps you going throughout the day? Do you know why you do what you do? All these things are rooted under the idea of purpose. You know, some of you maybe has just figured out what's next just by those questions. You've thought, you know, I haven't really been aiming for something. There, I haven't really set any goals for myself. I've just kind of been aimlessly wandering through life. You need something to aim at. You need to have a purpose you need to have something that you are chasing after. Maybe you're in here and you've already had a purpose. You've already set out in your mind that I'm gonna chase after you fill in the blank. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's a type of material possession. Maybe it's a relationship with somebody. And you've chased after these things for so long, but something still feels empty. Something still feels like I'm missing something. I don't know what's next, but I feel like I'm missing something. Can I tell you that there is something that money cannot buy? There is a purpose that is greater than yourself, 
this portion is also for you. If you are unsure that you have a purpose in life, can I tell you some really good news? And it's going back to the first point I made. God has a plan for you. God has everything designed out for you. He already created you for a purpose. He has given you gifts and abilities to serve a purpose in your, in your life. That's why it's so important to understand that you need to know God. Because if you do not know God, you're never gonna know what your true purpose is. You're never gonna know what your true purpose is. Chris Hodges, the lead pastor of Church of the Highlands, says this, design reveals destiny. Design reveals destiny. You see, when something is created, it is done so for a purpose. Did you know that? When something is created, there's a purpose behind it. You know, when God created you, he had a purpose in mind. You know, the angels didn't walk up to God one day when he was forming you and say, hey God, that's neat, what's that? I don't know. I'm just gonna kind of build it and throw it down there and see what happens. He's not doing that. He has designed you with a very specific purpose. Design reveals destiny. David, one of the greatest kings to have ever lived and a person who God himself named a man after my own heart. He says this in Psalm 139, verses 15 through 16. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All of my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Let me read that again. They were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Understanding who you are and what you were made for comes from understanding whose you are. Not necessarily who you are, but whose you are. Who created you? Who designed you? Because when you figure that out, it is a lot easier to discover your purpose. Let me ask you this. Who's this on the screen? Go ahead, throw that up on the screen, the picture on the screen. Who is that? Mike Trout. If you did not say the best baseball player of our generation, you're wrong. I'm just saying. This is Mike Trout. What does he have in his hand? It's a bat, right? Same thing that I have right here. You know, that's not a trick question, obviously. This is a bat. Can I tell you something? In my hands, it's okay. You know, I hit a few dingers back in my day. It's a lie. Do you see me? Look how small I am. I did not hit a single home run. I was quick. That, that was all I was good for. You know, doing one of these every now and again, that's, that's what I was good for. In my hands, this is decent. In his hands, this bat is lethal. This bat serves a huge purpose in his hands. Not so much mine, but his. You see, the value of this bat is not found in the bat, is it? This bat, if nobody is holding it, it just kind of sits there. Like, you know, you could poke it, you could roll it, do something. Nothing's going to happen. This bat needs something that is holding it. And in his hands, it has ultimate value. You see, we're kind of like this bat. On our own, we're lifeless. We don't have much going on. But in the hands of our creator, you have so much value. In the hands of God, that is where your value is made. That is where your purpose is discovered. So when you're looking for value, when you're looking for your purpose, you have to understand 
What is my purpose rooted in? Is it in what's inside me? Is it myself? Is it somebody else? Like, I don't know what my purpose is. It's about who created you. In his hands, you are extremely valuable. I want to read this verse. There is a disclaimer. Even though he has a plan, he has a purpose, he has your life planned out. And are you ready for this? I'm about to blow your minds. Don't ask me how this works out because I'm not really sure. But it's what the Bible says, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm going with. God is completely sovereign in the fact that he has a plan already laid out for you. He has your purpose set. But he also gives you a choice. He gives you a choice. How does that work? I don't know. I'm not God. But it describes that he has given you a purpose, that he has given you a plan. But he's still giving you a choice. You ever want to know God's will for your life? I used to ask that all the time. God, what's your will for my life? And there are so many times he told me, and it was right there, but I was trying to look past it. And it's this verse right here, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. It says, therefore, as God's chosen one, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, greatness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Some of you are looking at me right now going, that does not give me God's will. Like, you just gave me a list of, you know, moral decisions and things that I need to make. Now hold up. Look at this next verse. Verse 17. In whatever you do, write that down, underline it, tattoo it on your body if you have to. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you do in which job you choose to take, whatever you do in which school you decide to go to, whatever you do, in which person to marry. Whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Do it in the name of Jesus. Do you see what I'm getting at here? The will of God and his purpose for you isn't so much a destination as it is walking in his ways. Because here's the deal. God can set up a perfect life for you. He can set up the perfect dream situation. But if your heart does not line up with his ways, it doesn't matter. He could give you the perfect job, but if you're a jerk to your coworkers, as you may be now, it doesn't matter. What type of person are you gonna marry? It doesn't matter. If you treat the people in your life with disrespect now, it doesn't matter who you marry. God's will isn't so much a destination as it is walking in his ways. God cares more about the position of your heart than anything else. He cares more about the position of your heart than anything else. You know, if you're here tonight and you feel like your life is completely off track, can I tell you it's not over? You can get your life back on track. You just have to seek after God. 
Know God because he is seeking after you. Know God, find community, and discover your purpose. So what's next for you? Do you need to truly know God? Do you need to truly know him? Do you need to know purpose? Do you need to know community? I don't know what your next step is. Maybe it's surrendering to him and saying, God, I want you to take my life. I'm all yours. Maybe it's, I need to find some community. I have some things in my life that have been beating me up for so long that I'm getting tired of it. And I don't know how to do this on my own. I need some community. Maybe you're here and you just don't know your purpose. Can I tell you what your purpose is? It's to glorify God and point others to him. Doesn't matter what job you have. You may be in a situation right now that you feel like your job is pointless. Instead of running from the job, can I encourage you maybe give your job some purpose? I guarantee you the places that you work, the schools that you go to, there are people there that need to know who Jesus is. There are people dying, needing to know who Jesus is. And you're there. You're in that workplace. You're in that school. You're there for a purpose. And that purpose is greater than ourselves. I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know what you're struggling with. But can I tell you, if you want to know what's next, you need to know God, you need to find community, and you need to know purpose. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank mm-hmm. you.